The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests do not necessarily reflect those of management and sponsors. So, don't get crazy, all right? Bienvenidos to the party that hits all the right spots, fun, entertainment, and the perfect amount of naughty from the sexiest place on earth, Miami, Florida. It's J Rod and the Boss Lady. And we are high atop and deep inside world headquarters of J Rod and the Boss Lady. And it's our weekly threesome. And look who stepped on in our man, friend of the show, Robert Latell, CEO of Black Sports Online. And now, Mr. Heavy Duty TMZ Sports. I see it. You guys are getting freaky in here now. Now you didn't tell me that in the in the in the notes that you sent. <laughs> you know, we just. Uh, I mean, you know, you should have seen the little lava lamp emoji. That should. Be- <laughs> Uh, so, first of all, you can always find Robert Twitter, uh, BSO, and also on Instagram at BSO TV. And my first question, in all seriousness, before we get into all the shenanigans, is how are you? You good? Family's okay? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Me and my family are, are doing well. Um, I'm doing, you know, okay. Um, I always tell people, like, you know, even as a black man, even if you're doing okay, you know, you always have the weight of everything else that's going on. So, it's never quite okay. But from a personal level, you know, you can do the best that you can. And I, I'm very blessed to be doing all right. I hear you. I hear you. So, so we're, we're having drinks on New Year's Eve 2019, okay? Mm-hmm. And I tell you, Robert, a black man by mm-hmm. the name of Bubba is going to bring down NASCAR and have them take down the Confederate flag. And you say to me? Well... I wouldn't believe you if you said that, but what I would believe if you said on on December 31st, 2019, hey, there's going to be another situation with the police uh, where a black man is killed on videotape and it's going to cause worldwide, you know, protest. I'd have said that's a pretty good shot that that's going to happen and then there's going to be a trickle down effect on it. Now, NASCAR, I will say, if you added that on after, I said, man, man I don't know about NASCAR making the change, uh, but I've I've been shocked actually at all of these companies and corporations and leagues and athletes and Roger Goodell, everyone seems to not want to be on the wrong side of history anymore. Are you, how do you feel since you brought up Roger Goodell, how do you feel, how genuine do you think what they're saying now, you know, do you think it's genuine or do you think that they're just saying it so that they're not on the wrong side? I mean, I'm a realist. I know a lot of this is just, you know, placating and, and, and trying to, uh, stay ahead of it and basically, you know, trying to protect their bottom line. Uh, now, with that being said, uh, I prefer people who say stuff than not say stuff. Uh, so it's, you know, sometimes it's kind of a catch, you know, 22. Like, no, I, I don't believe Roger Goodell cared any more than he did two years ago or six months ago or four years ago. I think what's happening is the landscape has changed for a lot of corporations, a lot of leagues and the NFL in particular. And they're trying to, to they're being reactive um, you know, to what's, you know, going on. I was, I was making a joke the, uh, earlier today about I've gotten so many emails from companies that I may have purchased one thing from in the last 10 years that's telling me that my life matters. And, you know, I appreciate that email, but, you know, you're playing <laughs> fitness. I'm not exactly sure if I needed to get that from you, but I guess I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Well, you know, yeah, because I was wondering, because even earlier I was noticing how now, um, well, for one thing, the NFL still hasn't said anything with Colin Kaepernick, right? So I mm-hmm. think that that's well, the next step, what everybody's waiting for. And, and now T.O. is demanding an, an apology. 
But now, all of a sudden, even uh, the show The Bachelor, they're going to have their first <laughs> black man, right, as a bachelor. Like, I'm like, oh, so this is what it takes for this to be, which should have been happening before, you know? I think, what, I think what, that, that is funny. I mean, it's, it's so obvious that you almost got to kind of laugh at it because there's no way that that happens. Uh, I don't think it's not. They can't tell me with a straight face, oh, this was our plan all along. You know, the other 40 episodes and 20 plus years that we've been on. But this time it just happened to be a coincidence. So, you know, what I'm telling people is this. I'm like, OK, everybody that has made these statements about being diverse, diversity and Black Lives Matter and they care about us. OK, that's fine. Now, what I want you to do is take everybody at face value right now, but go back in six months and see exactly what they're doing. I mean, Starbucks put out a statement and then, you know, two days later, they were telling people they can't wear their Black Lives Matter pins or or whatever. So you have to, now that they put it out there on record, you know, I got the emails. They don't put it out there on record. I've seen the tweets, I've seen the Instagrams, I've seen the messages from the CEOs, I've seen the videos. So it's six months, a year, two years, five years. Anytime something happens that I feel that is not, in line with the statement that they're, ma- they, they're making, I'm gonna bring it back up. I'm gonna be like, this is what you said and you're not standing by it. So now to me, in, you know, they said it, so you gotta stand up for it. I always Absolutely. go back to this great comic routine that Chris Rock did. And I, th- and, I, and, I, and I put this toward NASCAR's Confederate flag and the NFL, and I always say this, Chris Rock's routine was people that say, I take care of my kids, you know, I pay my bills, I'm not in jail. You're supposed to be, you're supposed to do that. You don't get a cookie for that. So, so all of a sudden, I don't know how much credit I'm giving NASCAR or the NFL. You're supposed to be doing this stuff. Black I mean, no matter. I mean, some of the stuff you just, you got to roll your eyes at. Like, you know, it's 2020 uh, Confederate flags. I mean, you don't see people walking around in Germany with a Nazi flag. Like, there's a reason, you know, for that. You know, hey, you know, you got a building that's named after a slave owner and a racist and someone that promoted lynching. You would think at some point over the years, someone would, you know, say, hey, that's probably not a good idea. You know, you got statues and, and things of that nature. But I always tell people this is subtly, I think what that always tells you is even in 2020, there is this subtle aspect of America that wants you to remember that as black people, at least, or people of color, that you are not really on par with us. You're not equal with us. And it's the greatest honor, uh, you know, irony of all, honestly, because the United States, our whole mythology is based on freedom, land of the brave, the stars and the stripes, democracy. But if you just use your eyes or read a couple of books, you'll realize the things that our image is, uh, it's kind of like Instagram, uh, you know, the United States Instagram image it's not real. Like, this is not what has happened through the history of our country. And I think finally, finally, people are saying, hey, wait a minute. This is, we're not living up to the ideals, which is what Colin Kaepernick said from the beginning. You're not living up to the ideals that you are promoting out there for this country when it comes to black and brown people. Yeah, because those ideals, that's the thing, right? It's, it's for them, not for it's anybody for them, else. Right. Not for yeah. us. We're here, but it's not for us. Yeah, this is something that I keep, this is something that, I mean, it's related, but it's a little bit different, that I keeps just mind-boggling to me that I see even people in the military, with military, you know, there's so much Blacks, so many Hispanics in the military, and yet you're still siding with somebody who's a draft dodger, not one time, multiple times, 
instead of somebody that instead of you know trying to relate to somebody that wore the same uniform as you, it's just like what is what's going on here? Well, I and think America, like, America to be summed up like this: for a black man to become president of our country, he almost literally had to be perfect. Like there literally could not be anything wrong. Now, of course, President Obama is not perfect, but from a perceptual standpoint, he had to check so many boxes to get to the presidency. Then the next president is literally the worst white person in America. Okay. <laughs> He's the, there's nothing redeeming about Donald Trump. He's not smart, not funny. He, you know, there's a lot of stuff about, you know, possible sexual uh, harassment. Uh, he's not a good businessman. I mean, it, it, he's, he's, it's, everything is, is the negative. It's the lowest, he's the lowest common denominator, but he was able to become the president. You know, there's no way that an African-American could have 1% of the bad things that Donald Trump has and probably get even farther to becoming more than a janitor in this country. You know, you have to be so per perfect as a black person to achieve certain successes well, white people, a lot of them don't have to be that great at all, and they can rise all the way to the highest level uh, position in our country. And that kind of tells you where America has always been. Yeah, I mean, even even if you think back of even Bush, right? He was a C mm. student and all the, yeah. all the things that he did. Yeah, but it's absolutely true. Minorities have to, you know, you're having mm. to start way ahead on top already. And mm -hmm. especially because we don't have mommy and daddy dropping millions of dollars for us to start off with, you know, exactly. to begin with. You're absolutely right. Well, you know, the, 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 the longest joke was that Bill Clinton was the first black president. <laughs> right. <laughs> because, right. You know, and then, and then obviously that happened. Now, what I always appreciated when you have this cancel culture that's going on with all these Karens, and by the way, did you see the Karen in Boston now? Karen, I did see yeah. Karen. But <laughs> Scoop Jackson, a longtime journalist, ESPN, told me a long time ago, and I always remember this, he's from Chicago. And he said, what I love about Chicago is that it is the most racist city in America and they have no problem showing it to you every day. They wear their button on their lapel. I am racist. And I almost, to me, I think that's a good thing because we need to, we need to know who these fools are. You know, let's- See, that's how I feel about- Maybe the only good thing Donald Trump did. And he unearthed all these fools to at least now we know. So you're fired, you're fired, and you're canceled. You know, it's, it's yeah, but see, that's a really good thing. That's actually one of the things why the whole Confederate flag, that's why it never really upset me. I mean, it's upsetting, but I actually rather you have your Confederate flag so I can know you're a loser and an idiot and a racist piece of garbage. That way I can identify you. Now, if we, the cancel culture, right, that's what it's going to do. It's going to kind of like oppress it. So then it's going to be back hidden. And then I like to know the enemy I'm dealing with right up front. <laughs> I think, I think you're both right, but I think it's the scarier part of it is this is that the people that are out front, like you said, are very easy to deal with. But it's just not the people that are out front that can vote someone into the presidency. And I think that's what was always the scariest part of me. Like, I've always had this belief before Trump that, okay, maybe 20, 25% of our country are terrible people, right? And then, you know, the rest are pretty, you know, good people. And I used to say before Trump, like, there's no way that a good country like America would ever really elect Donald Trump. And he kept getting to the next level and the next level. And I'm like, yeah, but it'll never get to that, that level, right? And then he was elected. And it made me really start thinking that 
it's not the people that are out front. It's the people that will look at you right in the face, but you don't know. You don't know if your neighbor has voted for Trump. You don't know if your coworker that you have beers with on the weekend has voted for Trump. And it's sad because it gives you like this healthy case of paranoia because, you know, to win the presidency, you need a lot of votes, you know, to win it. And it's like, it couldn't have just been the people, like you said, with the Confederate flag or the ones that walk around with the MAGA hats. It's the one where you never see the MAGA hat. You never see the flag. The one that talks to you every day like you wouldn't know. And, and those people are also the people in power. You know, the loan officers, the people in HR. Every, almost every person that I've exposed in the last two weeks since this George Floyd situation, every Karen, all of this stuff, they all hold positions of power. They're lawyers, they're judges, they're VPs. You know, they all work somewhere where they influence what happens to minorities. And that's really the scary part for me. Yeah, I, w- I, was, I was watching uh, a show the other day, and, and it really, because listen, when, when I, I'm Cuban, but I look white. So, mm. so, so I've been able to sort of dance between the raindrops, you know. The minute something goes down, oh, you're good. You get out of here. You're fine. You're fine. So, so I've, I've, used, I've used the privilege, and I come back, and I tell everybody, okay, this is what the white man's going to do. We all need to get out of here. So, so I've been able to be the double agent of sort. But then it, it hit me when you, when you, exactly what you said, how highways are, are based on systemic racism, how, you know, even where, where, the, what, where they go, where the exits are, how much money they put into highways because black people have harder times getting cars, so they don't drive on the highway, and yet buses and trains and public transportation you know, they get a penny for every million dollars a highway gets. And there's so much systemic racism that it's almost like you get to the point where you think to yourself, okay, power never gives up voluntarily. You have uh-huh. to pay. And this is what this is. So my question to you is, we've seen many generations of, of protests and Selmas and everything like that. Is this the one that's going to make a difference? You would hope so, but history tells us that it's not. Well, history has told us is that we make incremental uh, positive changes, like a little here, or a little there. But I think what this has done more than maybe some of the others is because the information is flowing so freely is that more people are aware of what the problems are. Like if you ask someone three weeks ago, what's a budget for a police department? They wouldn't know. They wouldn't have any idea. Like, and they would just guess a number and have no clue. But then you go now and someone says, wait a minute, the LAPD has more public money, more taxpayer money coming in than some foreign countries. Like the NYPD has all, you you see all the overtime. Yeah, you see, I bet an NYPD officer can fake his overtime and make $250,000 a year. And all of this, you see all of this stuff. And he's like, wait a minute, we have homeless people. We have people unemployment. We have, like you said, decrepit, you know, roads and all of this stuff. Why does a police department who's so jobs to protect and serve has more money than like a, the Dominican Republic, the entire country and stuff like that? So I think what's happening is people are now more aware of how it happens, the power structure. You know, like, wait a minute. These are the DAs. These are the prosecutors. These are the judges. This is the police, the chief and the unions. You know, they're seeing how it works and hopefully then that makes a turn because the only way you can get this stuff is flush it out. You got to flush it out the system and put new people in who have your best interest at heart. So I don't think it's going to like happen overnight, but maybe this is the steps to realize just marching and protesting, which is great, but you have to march and protest and then infiltrate 
to make the change. So hopefully that will happen. Not only infiltrate, but uh, but I think it's important for people to start paying attention. Like there's all that information that like that you said, but so many people don't bother to educate mm-hmm. themselves, especially on, at the local government. You know, mm-hmm. people are always caring about presidential elections, but then a lot of the elections itself is through the electoral college. But that's all decided even within your local government. That step first, and then go on. So I think people, you know, I think that's something that's really important now, not mm-hmm. only to protest and do all these things, but to go and vote and vote for you know their local representatives. Most people and don't understand just- the, that the president really doesn't have like it's a good title. Right. But when you drill down to probably the stuff that affects you, like you said, more of the stuff that affects you it comes from your city than it does from the president. What the president does, you know, maybe some overall overreaching stuff like, you know, health care, maybe some taxes. But honestly, the stuff on your day to day basis that you control that has the most direct effect on you is like you said, it's your local mayor, your, your city councilmen, your judges, your police chiefs. All of that stuff. Like in LA, you know how it is. You can go from one city to another and it'd be a two totally different police departments. If one police department has a good chief and a good record and a thing, that little area is policed better. And you can go one over and it's police shootings and beatings and all of this stuff. It all depends on who you have in on your local level. So that's a very good point. Robert Littell, he's the CEO of Black Sports Online, blacksportsonline.com. BSO is the Twitter. BSO TV is the Instagram. You can also hit him up on TMZ Sports. I mean, you know what? You're a friend of the show. You've been on this stuff, and we're always happy to see your success. My question is this. When are we going to have a glass of wine and, and just point at everybody and laugh? Well, uh, ho- hopefully so. Like, I, I, told, so I told people today, I'm like, if you're black, this is a small uh, window of opportunity where all of these companies are like, hey, uh, we like black people. So take advantage. You can, get, you know, you can move in here. Yeah, sure. that's what I'm saying. Go, go ask for that promotion. Ask for the raise. Try to get something free. You know, get a free massage, whatever. Like, I got something from uh, Massage Envy. I'm like, Massage Envy, Black Lives Matter. I'm like, okay, uh, does that mean I get extra 30 minutes? I mean, I'm black. I mean, I got, I'm, I'm stressed because I'm black, you know, so maybe I can get a free ma- one free massage before my struggle. Uh, <laughs> hey, might as well. They milk right. everybody, right? Hey, send me an email. I'm going to ask. <laughs> Thanks for listening to J-Rod and the Boss Lady. Always ask laughing good.